0: Jesus says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is a polygamous parable, isn't it? And it's kind of funny, and we ask ourselves this question, what's with the polygamous parable? We cannot rely on others' oil in their lamps. We must have oil in our lamp. There is a personal preparation that is required for the day of the Lord. This is how we watch. This is how we wait. Let us pray. O oh, Heavenly Father. Send your Holy Spirit upon us to prepare us. For that day of the Lord. For that second coming of Christ. When all will be revealed, we will no longer be a mixed bag a mixed group of good and evil, of foolish and wise, we will be exposed. As those who are promised or those who are not. Yes, Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us so that despite being surprised by your second coming. That we will be ready. O Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we might truly cling to the trustworthy promises in Christ, that we truly might believe and be sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Yes, O Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we might have a rich reward for those who have been proved to be promised. So, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There's no thought that's more frightening than hearing that utterance from Christ, I do not know you, or to imagine having that heavenly door slammed in our faces unexpectedly. You may think that you are promised. But find out that you are not. Now that is a terrifying thought. In our parable this morning, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like this forthcoming wedding where those who have been promised are prepared for the groom's arrival. We are told that there are ten bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom. Five were wise and five were foolish. Five were proved to be promised and pure and prepared while the other five were not. Such a startling statistic. 50%. Now, I don't know why Jesus chose the number five, but it should give us pause. It should cause us to pray and to plead that we not be of that dreadful statistic You see, this passage is part of the Mount of Olives discourse where Christ repeatedly refers to his second coming and the end of the world. And he is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like this, this day, this day of the Lord when Christ will return. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Is like those virgin bridesmaids who expected the groom's imminent arrival and invitation. And the foolish ones expected it but discovered disappointment. And the wise expected it and discovered delight. You see, this is a significant and a weighty matter, this text before us. And we must take it serious. We must ask ourselves, what is our eschatological insurance plan? Now, I know that's a mouthful. But what is our eschatological insurance plan? It's a simple and a foundational truth. You see, eschatology is the study of the end times. And there will come a day when the end will come. And that is when Christ will return. So how do we plan? How do we prepare for that day, that day of the Lord? Jesus says, do not be troubled. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again. He has promised that he will come again so that we might prepare and plan. You see, planning and preparing is not a foreign concept. Investment insurance strategies are pervasive and plenty in our day and age. But is our eschatological insurance plan a matter of making contributions or paying deductibles? Is that what it is? No. There's no payment or contribution that we can make that will ensure our safety on that last day. No, it's the once and for all offering of Christ's work and reward that ensures our salvation on that final day. This is the eschatological insurance plan. It is placing our confidence and our hope in Christ. It is the seal of the promised Holy Spirit that comes by truly believing in the work and the reward of Christ. You see, we must see him spiritually. We must savor him spiritually. If we are to see him and to savor him when he comes in the flesh, there must be oil in our lamps for them to be lit. How else can we see him? And how else can we be seen if we have not oil in our lamps so that they are set ablaze? Now, there's four things that I'd like for us to notice from our passage this morning. And the first is that this is a picture of the church. And notice how the church is seen to be a mixed group, a mixed bag. This is frequently the case in the Gospel of Matthew. We see the church to be mixed with those who are foolish and those who are wise Those who are hypocrites and those who truly believe. I'm reminded of the parable of the dragnet where Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that catches good fish and bad fish. And on the last day, when Christ returns, He will separate the good fish and the bad fish. The kingdom of heaven is like a kingdom that has wheat. And the wheat and the tares will be separated. The good and the bad will be separated. You see, those who profess Christ as Lord are compared to these ten virgins who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. And five were wise. All of them had lamps, but only five The five wise, wise ones took oil with their lamps. You see, many may profess to follow Christ. Many may be baptized. Many may be members of the visible church. But they all will be found out whether or not they are true believers on that last day. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like that day of the Lord, that promised day when Jesus says he will come. To take us unto himself. The kingdom of heaven is like that day of the Lord when Christ's bride will be realized. But it is also like that day when those who are not Christ's bride will be realized. It's a dreadful thought, isn't it? If we wish to see at night, and if we wish to be seen at night, then we must have our lamps set ablaze. We know not the day or the hour of the groom's arrival, but we must watch for his coming. He may come at night, he may come at noon, but if we be ready, he will come for us. Is it not foolish to take a flashlight into the long dark night without fresh batteries or to not put fresh batteries into my headset, which I've done before? Is that not foolish? We must be ready. We must be ready for his coming. We must watch. We must watch for the promised groom if we wish to be married. To Christ, will we be married to Christ or will we be married to something else? We should ask ourselves this. Are we distracted with other things or are we fixed and focused upon Christ? Will we have any other gods before him? Thou shalt not. If we wish to enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now notice how at Christ's second coming, It will be a surprise. Notice that it will be a surprise. We are told that as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. All of them, not just the foolish, but the wise, too. They all fell asleep. Now, this is a humbling picture for us. We are truly in need of God's grace, aren't we? We are at his mercy, aren't we? Even our readiness is at the mercy of God. You see, there's a great difference between the law and the gospel. We are saved not by our merits, but by the merits of Christ. There are many things that we can do, but we cannot save our souls. Our salvation is in Christ and in him alone. We need only to believe in the trustworthy promises that are found only in Christ. Oftentimes, we say to ourselves, if I only had more time, if I just had more time, then I could get a better grade. I could preach a better sermon. I could be more prepared and more ready. But this is not how it works in the kingdom of God. The only thing that will prepare us for Christ's return, the only thing that will save our souls is that our lamps Remain lit because they have oil in them. Yes, we must have oil in our lamps for them to be ablaze so that we might see him and that he might see us. We would do well to remember that when Christ returns, we will all be asleep. We will all be surprised, whether fool or wise. Everyone will be surprised At his return, whether we find ourselves busy at work or busy at play, we will all be summoned to acknowledge his arrival. But the wise will be surprised unto salvation and the fools will be surprised unto sorrow. You see, when Christ comes or when Christ commands us to watch Because we know not the hour or the day of his return, he is not telling us to never sleep or to never work or to never play. No, he is telling us to see him, to savor him. He's telling us to look at the good news and to contemplate it, to meditate upon it, to think of his wondrous love. If we cannot savor him spiritually. Then we will not savor him physically when he returns In the flesh. And so let us mind the depths of Christ. Let us treasure his promises. Let us contemplate that glorious union. Christ not only fulfills our deepest longings. He sets our hearts on fire with a love for him. Now notice how many will believe too late. Like the foolish virgins who said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise were unwilling to share their oil, weren't they? They knew that if they did, there would not be enough. They knew that each person must have their own oil. They knew that without the oil, their lamps would not work. They knew that the oil was necessary for the fulfillment of their promise of being united with the groom. And so they told them to go buy their own oil from the dealer. And they did. They went. It seems responsible, doesn't it? But we learn that it's too late. For when they came to the door, it was already shut. And when they cried, Lord, Lord, open to us, he said, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. It was too late. We must not wait until Christ comes to ready ourselves to meet him. Then it will be too late. We must see him spiritually if we wish to see him physically at his second coming. Oh, that we would be wise unto salvation! that we would learn from these fools and not from our own folly, that we would have oil in our lamps and see and savor Christ now so that we see and savor him then. You see, oil is frequently associated in the scriptures with the Holy Spirit. If we are to be the church triumphant, If we are to be surprised unto salvation. Then we must be soaked in the spirit of God. We must have the oil of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Then our lamps will shine bright. Then we will care to know our sinful state. Because of the hope for which we have been called. Yes, then we will care to know our new birth. Because we will know the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. Then we will care to know Christ himself because we will believe. And by our believing, we will have that immeasurable greatness of his power. This is why the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1 verse 13, that those who believed were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. We must have oil in our hearts. The oil of the Holy Spirit must seal and promise us if we are to be proved on that final day. Proved and surprised unto salvation. And lastly, notice that there will be a rich reward for those who are proved to be promised. And we should think of this. We should meditate on, on this. We should reflect on this, not in fear, but in faith. We read that when the bridegroom came to those who were ready, or excuse me, we read that when the bridegroom came, those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Those who were ready were called up with him. And the door was shut, the door was shut from all that was evil. All that was sinful, all that was destructive and sad and sorrowful. It's good news that the door was shut. That is our delight, that the door is shut. They who had oil of the Holy Spirit in their hearts were united with the one who loved them and gave himself for them. Because they saw him spiritually. They saw him physically. You see, this is the hope for which we are called. Do we have oil in our lamps? Do we see Jesus spiritually? Do we contemplate and meditate on his good news? If we do, then we are wise. We are ready And so let us be like those five wise virgins who each had their own oil with their lamps. They each were prepared and ready. Let us be like them. Let us not be full of fear. We have no reason to fear if we are like them. And if we are like them, we will find ourselves delighting in the gospel of Jesus Christ, not living under the law. The only way that we will prepare for his second coming is that we will be sealed by the promised Holy Spirit and we will be meditating on the good news of Christ's work and reward. Amen.